Hi, welcome to this episode of In Conversation with Industry Experts interview series. Hope you're staying healthy and safe. My name is Anirvan Sen and I'm the CEO of Fifth Chrome, a firm that specializes in training and advisory in the space of mergers and acquisitions, business strategy, and digital innovation. This interview series is focused to create a deep understanding and awareness in the world of digital innovation. The world of supply chain, as many of you know, is a complex undertaking. We have several parties involved with multiple systems. We have exchange of information across the globe taking place these days. And that makes it extremely complex and challenging. In fact, some of the challenges that you see are related to lack of trust, data integrity and quality of data, and most importantly, getting information in real time. But now with the advances that have been made in technology, especially with blockchain, with artificial intelligence, Internet of Things and big data, data analytics, we have now ability to create solutions that can easily address these issues. This is the topic for today where we're going to talk about how digital innovation is changing the world of industry value chain. And to discuss about this, we have been joined today by one of the esteemed industry experts, Lakshmi Venkat, or LB, as we call him in short. So I would like to welcome you to the show, LB. LB. Thank you for involving me in this uh, interview episode. Um, I would like to share my uh, I would like to share my uh, experiences, and I would also like to share uh, the different aspects. Uh, of you know the application of blockchain for various uh, industrial uh, solutions or various uh, uh, data exchange solutions for industries. Excellent. So since you're the expert uh, already uh, in this field and you've been working on this field for many years, um, why don't we start with some examples that you can share with our listeners? <clears throat> sure. So uh, it has been three years, uh, Anirvan, since uh, I have become an evangelist on uh, blockchain and uh, you know the related technologies. One of the things that has uh, you know really uh, uh, taken my interest is the ability to be able to share information across multiple organizations in near real time. So. All the organizations ever since uh, the advent of internet or even before that, they all wanted to share information in a secure way and in a transparent way. However, I, I, as, I, as I say it, the compute was expensive, the storage was expensive, the bandwidth was not very uh, you know, effective, and the cost of uh, you know, the transmission of data was very expensive. But now if you see, uh, we are in an era wherein all of these four pillars where uh, you know which which will help in terms of uh, you know near real time communication have become you know very very affordable to the lowest of the lowest level of enterprises uh, that is where uh, you know the enablement of uh, the blockchain or the distrib distributed ledger technology is helping uh, in terms of organizations connect yes so if you see like uh, the era of uh, electronic data interchanging or you know EDI or the way that you know we have known about 20 years uh, is an excellent example of the information snippets that get exchanged but then it was the right um, you know it was the right uh, it was the right uh, uh, technology of choice at that time 
uh, wherein uh, you need a secure method of transmission between multiple organizations, wherein there was a central party uh, who arranges uh, this mode of communication. But over a period of time, people have gotten used to the EDI. And now, uh, with, the, uh, with the new technologies like distributed ledgers coming in, um, the opportunity is there for uh, you know people to look at moving away from the technologies like EDI and then you know adopting uh, the technologies like distributed ledger technology and then you know the associated uh, business rules execution which you know sometimes we call it as smart contracts very good i think um, you know this is an ex excellent uh, field and a very exciting field um, and it's evolving very very rapidly um, you talked about blockchain typically um, in a conversation um, when do people start thinking about blockchain what's time is the right time to actually start talking about blockchain? When people start realizing the importance of multi-party collaboration. Okay. Um, the enterprise resource planning systems of this world have definitely created uh, simplicity and standardization of uh, you know, IT systems. You know, about 15 years ago, we used to have 100 plus IT systems you know, within an organization. Now ERPs have effectively replaced it over the next, uh, you know, I mean, the last 10, 15 years. So while ERPs look within an organization, when the organizations start looking at, you know, how do I effectively improve the business process between my partners? That is when the multi-party collaboration comes in. ERPs do offer the connectivity with the tier one supplier and tier one customer, but then that do not they do not go beyond tier one supplier and tier one customer right and then there are all kinds of challenges you know with the, in terms of licensing and there are all kinds of challenges in terms of what does the you know the layer two share with the tier one and then what tier one shares with the erp it is always like you know there are there are gatekeepers and you know the information gets masked and then you know what gets to the oem is always something like you know uh, either a masked information or an information that is extrapolated right that is where you know organizations start looking at like you know um, when there is a need for a multi-party collaboration in a seamless way wherein everybody can know that you know the same information is being consumed by you know rest of the parties that is when the discussion about blockchain starts in an enterprise kind of a scenario i'm not talking about cryptos here i'm staying away from cryptos mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Um, now, uh, you mentioned about the starting point, what organizations, uh, at what point in time the organizations need to start thinking um, uh, for blockchain or on blockchain. Um, what are some of the uh, other things that they need to keep in mind? Because blockchain is a new technology uh, which is there. Um, are there some of the other things that people need to keep in mind with? <clears throat> So, uh, like with any other uh, uh, IT project, Anirvan, um, the organization will have to look at, like, you know, what is the benefit that is coming out of this project. However, if you look at, uh, you know, the IT projects which are concerning a single organization, then, you know, it is the incentive and benefit to that organization. But in blockchain, you have to look at the multiple organizations. You know, what is the incentive for, you know, the group of organizations that are joining a particular network? Right. And then making all those organizations agree that, you know, this is what is important. And then, you know, this is the incentive for them to join. That is very, very key. You know, when you're when when an organization is, uh, you know, going on uh, a blockchain related uh, engagement, 
it is very key to you know understand all of these things absolutely i think that's that's is very very important now one of my favorite questions and we have spoken about this uh, many a times um why don't we do a bit of a compare and contrast with blockchain with some of the other technologies that exist today right so when you look at you know organizations um, a supplier is a supplier a customer is a customer right so the way that the organizations think is that i will open up this supplier portal to my suppliers and they will be able to transact on this portal excellent look from the suppliers perspective they have 200 such customers they have 200 such portals right so you that means that the literally the supplier side will have to have 200 different logins into 200 different supplier portals which are provided by 200 customers similarly you have the customer portals so every customer will have to you know log in onto that portal and then you know start looking at it so the way that you know people have created is that you know multi to single point and single point to multi that is the way it is it is it is not peer to peer it is centralized right and then the organization which is holding the centralized data either manipulates the data or loses the data then rest of the other participants have no way of recovering that data and understand that you know it is their data as well it is not only this particular organization's data right so there are issues like that uh, you know which um, which which prop up now you know which come up now and then these are some of the issues that you know blockchain would solve because effectively every participant will have their own node you know in the blockchain network which means that they, they even if there are 200 suppliers and 200 customers participating in that each of them will be polling to the same uh, node right so the nodes replicate among themselves so for any organization it is only one view it is only one entry and then they have all the data that is relevant to them whether it is their supplier data or their customer data that is a huge advantage that you know blockchain brings in now if their supplier systems are down their customer systems are down no worries at all because they have their data which is pertaining to their customer their supplier which would have been in their system as well so that way this uh, you know this business network principle that we talked in blockchain helps a lot in terms of like you know having a single window in terms of to the rest of the world very good thank you for that answer um you know it, it is always interesting it is one of the most common questions that we get asked uh, when we talk about uh, uh, blockchain solutions now we also understand that when you implement a blockchain solution that's not the only piece of technology that we look at we probably are looking at some of the apis as you mentioned uh, some of the back end interfaces uh, you know so if you could throw some more light around that great um like if you see uh, the adoption of uh, blockchain right blockchain blockchain as a technology is enabling the communication or collaboration between multiple parties which means that there are always upstream systems and downstream systems which have to consume information okay so it's like your sap oracle erp or any other erp which could be the upstream system and then on the downstream you have you know some other system which is consuming the same information what blockchain is uh, you know adding value here is that blockchain gives you that transportation layer or you know the uh, data persistence layer either as a event or as a data snippet itself if you want it to be right so the blockchain ensures that you know the information exchange is notarized 
and the information exchange will be able to prove that you know this particular information has been exchanged with this organization this organization at some sort of time and with auditability right now the second aspect of uh, this one is yes apis are very very important uh, which are exposed by some of the uh, you know major erp providers and some of the cloud erp providers as well so all those apis uh, you know can be integrated uh, with uh, the blockchain technologies and uh, you call it the smart contracts or you call it the chain codes will be able to consume the information snippets coming from these apis and then you know will be able to record a state of a particular asset or record a particular state of a particular document you know in the blockchain which can be there in a immutable way so the this is the way that you know people are looking at uh, utilizing uh, the blockchain technology to uh, start with and then the way the blockchain technology helps is first you know with like with any other uh, system implementations you need to first build the backbone unless you build the backbone unless you build your basic network um, the organizations will not be able to see the benefit of you know adding bells and whistles to the basic network so the basic network always is the asset state maintenance and you know the asset movement and the asset state maintenance which we call it as track and trace particularly in the supply chain industry that is the basic backbone that needs to be implemented and i think we probably you know um, uh, one of your solutions that we have uh, uh, talked about in the past also uses some form of iot and some form of mobile phone interface uh, can you also throw a bit of light on there because uh, uh, your iot is a new uh, phenomena that is uh, reshaping the world um, uh, you know what's you know how did you go about creating that part of the solution um yes so as i was mentioning right so track and trace is you know one great example of uh, you know asset state maintenance and you know the asset handovers uh, you know over the business network um, but now if you look at some of the applications like you know cold chain tracking some of the applications wherein like you know the devices uh, you know uh, send the information and uh, transmit the information you know like iot devices so more often than not uh, the iot devices uh, you know pull information uh, a time series information or you know some kind of an information to a centralized database in today's world uh, now if it is the outlier that you know the iot device has thrown right and that outlier uh, information is either archived or is either deleted from that centralized database you will never be able to find that outlier anywhere in the system unless a huge amount of effort goes in terms of enabling the audit histories and then you know figuring out what happened what is the cost of that audit compared to cost of the information loss right people often you know forget about cost of performance of a certain action versus the value of outcome mm -hmm. right that is something that you know we always educate and advocate you know when we talk to you know our prospects and customers like yes great you are doing a certain action uh you know uh, you are doing a certain process at a certain uh, you know value today but then do you have an opportunity to you know reduce the cost by looking at utilizing the blockchain kind of technologies because you know they provide the uh, security at a persistence layer they provide the event notarization layer and they also provide the ability for you know the state maintenance of a particular transaction right so when you talk about iot very very important you, it is okay if you, you don't capture uh you know the basic information that is coming from iot the the information you know, which is between your uh you know 
upper specification limit and lower specification limit. But you have to capture the outliers. If you have to capture the outliers in an auditable way, that, that event, the blockchain is the best solution to be able to do that. And I think you've already highlighted a good few points uh, uh, regarding uh, the advantages of blockchain. Um, now let's let's move towards the industry value chain, the supply chain. You know, you mentioned about track and trace. Um, what makes blockchain-based solutions so attractive for industry value chain and supply chain? You take like you know the same examples, right? Um, industry always wanted uh, the information. So if you look at a if you look at the FMCG industry, the the manufacturer of you know a particular snack uh, or a particular candy made or you know the manufacturer of a particular um, uh, you know uh, let us say bakery product uh, to that example uh, would always you know want to know that you know what is the experience of the end customer uh, you know upon usage of this but now traditionally either because of lack of systems either because of the way that you know the finances have to be flowing between different different parties you have so many intermediaries you know that come into picture you have uh, the uh, stockists you have the wholesalers uh, you have the distributors and then you know you have the multi-brand retailers and then you know you have the mom and pop stores right so as the product moves through you know these hands you the 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 actual manufacturer does lose sight of the particular product you know where is that particular product and then you know what is so what organizations have done is um, they have uh, gone ahead and then you know created uh, the uh, customer engagement solutions um, in terms of like you know uh, you you create a candiment you put a barcode on it and then you know you ask a customer you know scan the barcode and then you know give you a feedback great but then you never know whether that particular customer has bought that product or you know it is a paid review that you know you are getting it there is no way that you know you are going to know that right so these are the, some of the issues that you know the industrial uh, uh, you know supply chains or value chains have uh, always you know it's it's great to have that kind of a visibility to be able to plan better right and if you ask me today again uh, the manufacturers do get visibility and information you know by zip code but 90% of the time i believe that you know that information is you know extrapolated statistical based on historical facts and you know based upon the supposed demand you know that is uh, provided by you know certain uh, sales people or you know the certain uh, managers right there is never uh, you know a way that you know organizations know that you know this zip code is not doing well uh, or this particular area is not doing well and then you know i have to increase my marketing budget in that area uh, to be able to you know get my products out better now while that is for the fmcg industry you look at uh, the uh, industry wherein like you know there are perishable consumables like milk right again if you see, if you look at uh, the milk industry as well uh, both on the supply side and demand side the core product changes so many hands and then you know go through so much of transformation by the time you know it gets to the end customer right is there any way the end customer today knows whether that milk that they are using is a milk made out of powder or is it the milk that is fresh no way no company tells you that you know this is a milk that is you know made from powder right it's just a milk i'm not i'm not challenging you know whether it is a good practice or bad practice i'm just saying that you know the end customer has the right to know whether you know that milk that you know they are drinking is a milk that is uh, you know coming out of a powder or is it the milk that was originally uh, you know coming from uh, you know the the cow or you know the uh, the animal and then you know it is uh, transported and then uh, it is uh, delivered to them right so 
these are some of the peculiar things that you know that the industry is looking at extrapolated to the organic products you and i we know how complex uh, you know the organic industry is you know everywhere you need certifications right why all of these intermediaries you know have to come in because these intermediaries provide trust to the end customer right but now what blockchain is doing is if you are able to maintain the asset state if you are able to maintain the state of a particular transaction if you are able to maintain the state of a particular field right you don't need these intermediaries or you know okay you, these intermediaries can be there but you know they can just look the data from the blockchain or the events from the blockchain and then they'll be able to certify on the blockchain so that you know you are able to slowly move away from the intermediaries and then you know you're able to look at a a a system wherein like you know the the consumables can be verified so right while this is the state uh, you look at then you look at e-commerce kind of solutions forward logistics heavily optimized reverse logistics not so optimized at all right even today if you see uh, you buy something from an online portal you return it it takes almost two working days to seven working days to get your money back into your credit card right with so much of technology around why does it have to take seven days because the intermediaries have to do reconciliation after reconciliation after reconciliation for a 10 dollar refund that needs to come to you they probably spend 2 dollars do they need to spend do you have to wait the two questions that need to be answered yeah i think that's a that's an excellent uh, question and and the point that you highlighted about the reverse logistics and the lack of preparation there um as as you have experienced in in the previous few implementations of blockchain solution um it involves multiple parties you know it involves multiple companies um you know what how would people go about mobilizing different parties uh, involved do you need an anchor client or or do you need a consortium how do you go about creating something like that uh, good question i probably would like to answer it in two parts so the first part right uh, the from 2018 to mid 2019 that's like you know almost uh, 18 months i would say most of our advocacy with the prospects or with organizations is like blockchain is not crypto okay you are not committing a sin by uttering the word blockchain in your organization that is what you know we had to literally tell people you know blockchain is something you know where you could use uh, where you see the effect of multi party collaboration where you see the effect of uh, you know the ability to interact with your peers uh, in a in a seamless way where you know you don't have to depend upon you know somebody whom you trust you know to be able to uh pass the information you know between two different organizations or you know two different parties but uh, since mid 2019 i think uh, most of the organizations have understood uh, the industry has uh, opened up in terms of the possibility of you know utilizing blockchain solutions so when it comes to the blockchain solutions that are involving uh, uh, you know the organizations i think it is always uh, you know uh, good to have uh, you know one anchor customer or you know one pivot i would say because uh, it's it's like this right so out of a particular solution who is the biggest beneficiary the biggest beneficiary should be the anchor customer the biggest beneficiary should be able to say that i am going to get x amount of millions of dollars of benefit in about 5 years from now and then for this to happen i need to involve my partner ecosystem right and then 
that anchor client is the one who has to initially invest in this technology and then who has to show the results to their partners having at least one or two partners participate in the poc and then show it to them and then you know to the rest of the ecosystem that this is the benefit of using this so that is the reason anirvan if you see the era between 2018 or 2017 2018 2019 is all about proof of concepts is all about proof of concepts there are some excellent proof of concepts you know which uh, people have taken to the next levels now productionizing the solutions uh, there are certain proof of concepts uh, remained in the stage of proof of concepts because uh, when the proof of concept uh, uh, was uh, i would say defined the outcome the expected outcome was something like you know an outcome which could have been like you know two years after which they you know they were expecting you know within the three months or four months of you know the proof of concept so there were also you know that kind of pitfalls in terms of you know planning and then in terms of looking at you know what is the end result and the outcome right so always it is important uh, to to understand that yes uh, consortiums are good but i have uh, uh, reservations about consortiums anirvan uh, compared to you know having an anchor client because consortium means you are giving the decision making power to multiple organizations and then you know nominees from multiple organizations nominees from multiple organizations may not have a common goal they appear to be having a common goal but they may not have a common goal right and trust me believe me they are still employees so they are guided by certain kpis that they are asked, they are set by their organizations they are not guided by the kpis and common goals that are set by the consortium if the consortiums pay these uh, people who are nominated from the companies then consortiums will win as long as you know the people who are part of the consortiums are paid by this respective employers they are like you know weekend parties very important point i think uh, you highlighted one of the most critical elements uh, when it comes to um, working with multiple companies and in fact that is a nice segue to my next question as well um, there's a lot of data that gets generated and is involved exchanged and and as you know that last few years uh, governments and organizations worldwide have started um, emphasizing on the data privacy and how the data should be collected how the data should be stored who has access um, you know how does how does that uh, feature uh, and compare in contrast with with the blockchain solution where we have multiple parties who owns the data how is it information uh, exchange where should it be stored that kind of thing good question right um i would still say the same question exists for the traditional systems as well right today um, as part of uh, you know issuing a purchase order an organization provides the information related to price and related to the other information to the other organization right so this information exists in the source as well as the destination it does right so the data ownership is very very you know clearly defined that you know whatever is uh, the data that is at the source even if it is related to the third party i mean the the supplier or the customer that is still owned by the source but is that correct i don't know right the same thing goes uh, you know on the other side as well but when it comes to blockchain what we try to do is that we will have when when these kind of questions come up right you can exchange the information we will use the blockchain layer as a event notarization layer and we will only have the transaction hash and we will only have the reference of that particular transaction 
call it as a primary key you know in the world that we know that you know the primary key related to the transaction in the transaction hash right that is good enough uh, to be stored on the blockchain you know when they when that data privacy you know becomes the most important uh, question in terms of you know consortium but still the blockchains will help because you would still be able to you know look at this information as events you know this is the event that is occurred and then with the primary key you will be able to trace it back into the source system that you know this is the primary key this is what is the data you take the data from from there and then you know you hash it using the same algorithm and you know compare it with the blockchain hash if it is different you know there is data manipulation mm -hmm. if it is the same then you know the data is not manipulated mm -hmm. right how how hard is it in current world you know to be able to establish that fact it is very very difficult because you know you need to do a lot of analysis in terms of you know arriving at a point whether the data manipulation happened or not right so that is the way that you know you have to look at there are other ways of implementation wherein like you know the the blockchain um, when they are you know persisting the data can have you know the entire data encrypted and can also say that you know this is the information that can be seen by party a this is the information that can be seen by party b this is the information that can be seen by party c all that is possible but then what we are doing is within the blockchain we are getting into the information segregation and you know the information security policies which is i know i would say the second level or third level of blockchain implementations mm -hmm. uh, that you know people should look very good i think yeah they, in fact as we uh, evolve in the blockchain space uh, being used in the non crypto uh, world uh, this is going to become more and more evident and more and more um, cases where we will get more clarity uh, as we discover through the journey um since blockchain is comparatively a uh, new technology and as you said um, not a lot of companies have gone through the solutioning stage what are some of the typical challenges that organizations or people face uh, when they try to implement a blockchain solution the first question that they get asked is why not the traditional way the biggest challenge that they need to answer and the biggest challenge that they need to also showcase is that you know what is the uh, time to market if you use the traditional technology versus the time to market if you use the blockchain what is the uh, value or what is the cost of uh, doing a certain transaction in traditional technology compared to you know blockchain so these are the ones you know that they need to look at the second most important challenge that you know people or organizations have to deal with is that you know which blockchain to choose okay so there is enough confusion already in the market in terms of you know which blockchains to use the first it starts with like you know whether we they should go for a public blockchain or a private blockchain then you know then the discussion starts in terms of you know whether they should go to go towards you know flavor a or flavor b flavor c or flavor d right then you know they need to, <laughs> then i'm not naming uh, companies here right so <laughs> then, <laughs> then you know they'll have to look at like you know what is the advantages and disadvantages of all of these things and then they need to look at you know who is the si partner you know who can do this and then they need to go to the consortium or you know they need to go to the rest of the companies and say hey, you know this is what we do you know please adopt this then the con then the companies would come back and say you know what for some other customer we are already using a and we already built everything for that why don't you use this now that a may not be the choice of this particular anchor customer right so these are the ones you know that go through so it's it's it, it's more of a dialogue that you know the anchor customer need to have with their identified partners the key partners 
in terms of looking at you know this is what i'm looking at involve them in terms of like you know the de the decision making process because the decision is being taken for a ecosystem not for a single organization right and then make sure that you know everybody is on the same page the big the second biggest challenge that the organizations face is in terms of who certifies security for this okay it's a nightmare to get the security testing completed within one organization imagine you multiplied by four times or five times or six times right every organization have their own set of security policies and then you know they might be using the same third party security certification agency but still every organization need to get a certificate from them that you know what you are using is uh, you know the valid thing right so it's the same thing right you know they they have to go through this multiple processes and then the 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 utmost important thing uh, assuming all of these things are you know trivial compared to the the last one which i'm going to say is that what is the use case the biggest challenge is like you know what is the use case that you know they need to look at because everything looks great on paper but unless like the way we used to do in our olden days in terms of this is what is you know the benefit but is the benefit uh, you know i mean in terms of uh, you know benefit versus cost of implementation benefit versus cost of maintenance benefit versus you know incentive to the partner organizations all of these things will have to be looked at that is the biggest challenge that in organizations go through that is the biggest reason why most of the organizations fail at pocs very important i think you've highlighted one of the crux of of whether you're going to have a successful implementation of blockchain or not which is to get an agreement on what the use case is and why should the different parties be involved together um based on your expertise and your experience you know and you've been pioneers of um of implementing blockchain solution uh, in in industrial setup uh, what do you think uh, is is in the future what what's the future going to look like the future is going to look like uh, uh, again i'll answer in two parts right from a technology perspective uh, there are many many different flavors today they are going to settle down uh, because some of them are going to run out of steam some of them are going to run out of funding uh, the ones you know which have persisted uh, and then you know which have uh, done a good amount of pocs with customers uh, you know will uh, exist uh, you know most of them will the rest of them will perish so that is uh, you know there is going to be consolidation in terms of you know technology and in terms of uh, business networks it will be you know there will be quite a number of business networks on irvan but then there will also be interoperability between business networks a big amount of community is working on you know creating interoperability between different different blockchain solutions that is very very key and if that interoperability interoperability becomes um, you know a kind of a uh, affordable solution then uh, i'm sure uh, you know blockchain will become uh, mainstream and then you know people will start looking at adopting it yeah very good um i guess uh, we are now sort of uh, going getting towards the closure of the uh, interview um one last question for you with respect to our viewers what are some of the practical tips that you would like to share uh, with our viewers uh assuming the viewers are uh, going to be uh, techno functional or you know uh, commercial as well as uh, technical i would say uh, the first and uh, most important point to remember is that 
when you are looking at multi party collaboration solutions which involves um, you know different different uh, kinds of uh, organizations in a particular workflow look at blockchain as you know one of the uh, fitments then uh, second thing uh, pick up a use case which is simple enough yet there is an impact in terms of you know the outcome uh, so it doesn't have to be like you know uh, it doesn't have to be a million dollar kind of an outcome every time but then even if you are looking at uh, a particular reconciliation of in a particular process which they used to take you know 6 hours to 24 hours if you can make it near real time that is a great benefit that you know you could start with and then you know apply it with uh, multiple organizations which are involved in the reconciliation then you know you are creating a ripple effect across the organizations you are freeing them of you know that kind of a job which is uh, you know, which may be non-value adding now over a period of time, given the technology can do that, right? So these are the ones that, you know, I normally would say uh, in terms of, you know, look at channelizing the energies in terms of identifying a simpler use case with greater value. Very good, very good. Thank you, LB. Um, you know, LB, you you are indeed uh, one of those guys which are, who have got so much of wealth of experience and uh, expertise in this specific field. I'm sure many of the viewers uh, would like to sort of continue this dialogue and speak to you. Uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, is that LinkedIn, email or something else? LinkedIn and email, uh, both uh, are, you know, the best way to communicate. Uh, email is always, you know, the uh, uh, faster option, I would say, for me to be able to respond. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, you know, some some days, you know, I might not be looking at it, so there could be a plus response. So yes, email and then LinkedIn if you ask me. Very good. So I guess uh, for the viewers, we will be sharing the LinkedIn profile as well as uh, LB's email ID. So if you want to get in touch with him and continue this dialogue, uh, you can speak to him directly, or you can always contact us, and uh, uh, and we will be more than happy to connect uh, you with LB. Uh, with that, we would like to uh, bring closure to this interview. So before we do that, uh, thanks a lot again, LB. Uh, you, uh, as usual, you've been a wonderful um, interviewee and you've shared so much of experience and, and, and information with us. I'm sure our viewers are going to get very benefited from the interaction here. So thank you, LB. Thank you. Thank you, Anirvan. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I think... Uh, it is the interviewer uh, who gets, uh, you know, the uh, start of the interviewee. That is what I believe. So <laughs> credit goes to you. Thank you. Thank you. So this was conversation with industry experts interview. And the topic today was digital innovation in the space of industry value chain. If you found value from this interview series, and if you would like to hear more, then please let us know, but also share it with your network and friends and colleagues. And last but not least, don't forget to subscribe to our channel.